0: It's no longer reasonable to believe that oral formulations of HCQ and CQ may be effective in treating COVID-19. When we first started hearing existing drugs were the answer to treating a pandemic, we rejoiced. But that now is no longer. The CDC yesterday pulled its emergency use authorization for hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine for the treatment of coronavirus. Bottom line, after so much research and a bevy of studies, unlikely to be effective in treating the virus based on the latest scientific research. It was announced on the federal agency website. Other existing drugs still being tested to relieve the symptoms We're still waiting on a vaccine. Some people are still grieving too. Many wondering if there's a vaccine for racism. Some wishing the conversation would just plain stop. Christians are called to be good news people living in a bad news world. Our prayers are for God's glory, justice, righteousness to reign supreme. Christ is king. Our allegiance and citizenship first is in heaven. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and this is a program called Paul's Old New Testament. For the past few weeks, we've studied a man named Saul who became Paul. Last week, we talked about the significant places where he introduced the good news of Jesus. This week, I want us to consider what he preached and what that means to us today. But keep in mind, what he preached must be taken in the context of where he preached, The what and the where are speaking to us just as much today. Also, keep in mind that his letters he wrote becoming part of our Bible today were part of what I might describe as a lending library. A letter was written and was read aloud to a church. Not everyone could read, but that letter would be carried on to the next town and the next church and shared again. It was past the first century when the letters and the Gospels were finally brought together With the Hebrew Bible, and the Church of Jesus finally had the complete canon of Old and New Testaments. Gutenberg's printing press was well over a thousand years later. We're so spoiled today with so many copies and translations, just in English, of the Holy Bible. Too bad we don't read and study that Bible more, living in such a bad news world. Let's look more at the good news in the next few minutes, coming from what Paul preached and wrote. But first, let's be joined with a song by Hillsong Worship.
1: I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed dream. His body bowed and drenched in tears, they let him down. Sealed by heavy stone, Messiah still and all.
0: Praise the name is the name of that song by Hillsong Worship here on Haven Today. Paul's Old New Testament is what we're calling the program. I'm Charles Morris. This apostle, Paul, grew up and trained under the most prestigious rabbis in the Jewish world in his day. He knew his Old Testament better than almost anyone else and probably had the entire Hebrew Bible memorized. He was a Pharisee, a strict by the book rabbi, and it's no surprise that the first movement of Christians was troubling to him. Jesus, and the claims of his resurrection, challenged everything he thought he knew right. The Jesus movement threatened everything Paul held most dear.
2: Basically, I'm walking up the Via Dolorosa, which is the way they say that Jesus walked to his crucifixion, carrying his cross. It's an extraordinary feeling to be part of a group like this.
0: Almost caught up in it, you can't help it. Born as a Jew, reborn at age 40 as a Christian, British actor David Suchet from the documentary In the Footsteps of Paul. We'll hear from him again a little later. Now, you may be getting a little tired of me talking about this, but let me just say more people have asked for the two-part DVD in the footsteps of Paul than any study tool we've ever offered on this program outside of Christmas. If you haven't made your fiscal year-end gift to travel where Paul traveled to get to know him more, please call us after the program. Something about seeing where he broke ground and planted the gospel in new hearts will impact you to think and act more biblically as a follower of Jesus. Would you call us after the program for In the Footsteps of Paul? Our number is 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or come to our website, haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Early in the church, the Apostle Paul was writing to one of his colleagues in ministry, Timothy. Timothy. This young disciple, Timothy, was in Ephesus, and he was having a hard time. False teachers had crept in. The church was struggling to believe the truth, and Paul wanted to encourage Timothy, and through Timothy, to remind that church in Ephesus about the most important thing, God's word. 2,000 years ago, Paul wrote all scripture as God breathed. And here's the question. What scripture was he referring to? Well, he was talking about the Old Testament. Two millennia ago, Paul was writing significant portions of the New Testament, but he was including a lot of the Old Testament as he wrote. That's why we're calling this series this week, Paul's Old New Testament. Our Bible is an ancient book, roots that go all the way back to Moses and the Exodus from Egypt. And some of Paul's most powerful points come when he drew from the Old Testament. ...to show just how incredible this gospel is. Paul was a Pharisee, consumed with a passion for the law. And at first he was absolutely opposed to Jesus and these Christians. I want us to go back again to David Suchet for a moment. His reflections on the Apostle before he became a Christian, I find them quite insightful.
2: Paul seemed consumed with hatred for the Jesus movement.
0: Yet there was something
2: about this man I just didn't understand. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. It seems strange to me that someone who can stand by, witness, and even condone such an atrocity of stoning another human being to death, is also capable of writing some of the most beautiful words ever written, and are used in wedding ceremonies around the world, even to this very day. What transforms? this zealous persecutor of the Jesus movement
0: into its greatest ambassador. British actor David Suchet, Paul was radically changed when he met Jesus. He had always known his Old Testament, but when he met Jesus, everything he knew finally fell into place. He finally saw Jesus Christ as the one to whom the entire Old Testament pointed. It reminds me of a passage in Scripture that is quite dear to me, one of my favorite, maybe my favorite chapter in the whole Bible, Luke 24. Jesus had died and rose to new life. It was the first Easter Sunday. The disciples walking on the road to Emmaus didn't know that. They thought he was dead for good, and they were dejected and depressed. They even thought they'd been deceived. We thought Jesus was truly the Messiah they said. So what happened? He was healing the sick, curing the blind and deaf. He was raising the dead. Was it all a joke? Maybe a trick? I can't imagine their heartbreak, their disappointment. And if you're familiar with the Bible, then you can imagine the shock of what had happened to Jesus. They thought he was the Messiah. They were already following him to receive The salvation promised years before in the Old Testament, but then he was arrested. And it wasn't just the arrest. He was killed. But it was the way he died that would have been completely shocking to a Jewish disciple. He was nailed to a cross, and he was left to hang there until he either bled out or suffocated. Crucifixion. I know you've heard it was a horrendous way to die, but it happened to Jesus but we would be missing something if we just stopped there. Yes, it was horrible, but for a Jew watching what happened, it was so much more. Deuteronomy 21 is full of laws about how Israel was supposed to respond when someone broke these commandments. Sometimes a person broke the law, committed a capital offense, was sentenced to death. This death penalty was usually carried out by stoning but sometimes a person would be hanged from a tree. And with everything happening today, I feel I have to clarify something. The history of my country, unfortunately, has made us extremely aware of what hanging from a tree looks like. Except in these cases, it wasn't a capital offense, and it wasn't a lawful process. Lynchings in America were abdications of justice that we as Christians should lament. But in Israel, a person could be justly sentenced to death. And Deuteronomy had rules for how to handle that. Deuteronomy 21, 22, and 23. If someone guilty of a capital offense is put to death and their body is exposed on a pole, you must not leave the body hanging on the pole overnight. Be sure to bury it that same day, because anyone who's hung on a pole is under God's curse. You must not desecrate the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Now, I just read to you the NIV, which says pole, but the Hebrew word being translated is more literally tree. Anyone who is hanged on a tree was under God's curse. What a surprise then that the disciples on the road to Emmaus were so distraught. They thought Jesus was the Messiah, and he wasn't just put to death. He was hanged on a tree, cursed. That's what it looked like from the outside. But the Lord was doing something. It was something remarkable. I love how the Apostle Paul put it in Second Corinthians 5. He became sin who knew no sin. Jesus was becoming sin for us. On that tree, he came to take our place, to receive from the Father what we should receive, judgment and curse. Those two disciples walking to Emmaus on that first Easter Sunday in Luke 24 understood that Jesus was cursed, but they didn't really get the why yet. Jesus wasn't cursed for his own sin. He didn't have any. Listen again to the Apostle Paul, this time from Galatians. Paul writes about what it meant for Jesus to be hanged from a tree. For all who rely on the works of the law
2: are under a curse, as it is written. Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith
0: we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Galatians 3, 10-14, read to us by David Suchet in the UK edition of the NIV Bible in English. Cursed is everyone who's hanged on a tree. A direct quote from Deuteronomy twenty-one twenty-three, And Paul applied that Old Testament passage to Jesus in the New Testament. Jesus was cursed. But why? Well, apart from Jesus Christ, not only can we do nothing, but we're cursed apart from him. Cursed, such a strong word. And maybe it reminds you of witches and hexes, but to be cursed means to be under condemnation. It means to be ineligible for blessing. And you and I were cursed because of sin. But that's why Jesus came, to redeem us from our sin and to save us from this curse. We need to remember this when we're struggling in our own sin, and we all do struggle with sin. And sometimes the struggle can feel like a one-sided defeat, can't it? We can be tempted to despair. But when we remember our Lord Jesus, when we remember that he became a curse for us, That he took on the condemnation we deserve to free us from our sin, we can be empowered once again. Those Galatians, where I just quoted, were struggling not with sin, but with relying on their own efforts, which really is a sin. Paul's words were meant to free them from that. Don't look at your own obedience, you can't be totally obedient. Look to Christ first. He was obedient to the point of death on a cross, to the point of being cursed for you. Cursed is everyone who's hanged on a tree. That's Jesus and his love for you and me. But how should we respond? Let me give you a couple of responses. How can we respond today? Faith, faith in Jesus Christ, not just a leap in the dark when things don't make any sense. Faith is falling upon Christ embracing him, hanging on to him, and receiving the salvation he promises to give. When we realize that Christ was cursed for us, our first response is faith. Receiving forgiveness, receiving the blessing of the Holy Spirit, receiving adoption into the family of God, now's the time to ask. I ask it to you now. Do you have faith in Jesus? Have you embraced him to save you from this curse? Even if you've heard this a thousand times, it's never too late to turn to Jesus. And after you've embraced him by faith, there's a second response. And Jesus himself gave us this response. Take up your cross and follow me. Sometimes we hear that and think that our bearing a cross means being inconvenienced for the gospel. But think about how Christ's disciples heard that call. They were being told to die, and not just death, but to become cursed. That's exactly how the world sees us, isn't it? When we speak out against hatred... When we call out idolatry, even in ourselves, when we challenge our world's allegiance and call people that turned from their sins to the Lord Jesus, we're hated and cursed. And it's why Paul ends his letter to the Galatians by saying, this world has been crucified to us and we have been crucified to the world. But in all this, we have hope. Our Lord Jesus won't let us go. He redeemed us from the curse, and even though the world hates us, it hated him first, and we can remember his promise to us, I have overcome the world. Turn again to Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Take up your own cross and follow Jesus. Jesus.
3: my My heart is
4: yours take it on.
0: Christian Stanfield here on Haven today. My heart is yours, a program called Paul's Old New Testament. Wouldn't you like to better understand and see the world that Paul lived in back in the first century? Well, thanks to this special two-part DVD that we have called In the Footsteps of Paul, you can. It's hosted by the British actor David Suchet, We already heard from him today what a talented actor he is, but more importantly, he became a follower of Jesus when he turned 40. The film was produced for the BBC. It'll give you a new sense of realism as you read your Bible. Call us now for your copy of In the Footsteps of Paul. Make your gift to help us keep sharing Jesus. Pray about how generous you can be as we're getting really close to our fiscal year end, June 30th. And the number you can call us right now is 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or go make your gift online at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again we get to share together the great story? It's all about Jesus Here on Haven Today Here for your encouragement And your walk with God This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries Inviting you to anchor your day In God's word Most of us can't afford fine dining very often So on the rare occasion We walk into a really nice restaurant Past the amazing things Others are enjoying We have huge expectations So Imagine sitting down, making your order, and then waiting and waiting. Finally, an appetizer comes, but you look at your watch and you realize that most of what you wanted isn't coming. You don't have enough time. Life on earth is a lot like that. The Bible says that God has set eternity in the human heart, but all this life can give at best is a foretaste of what our hearts long for. Here's the hope of a Christian. Through faith in Christ, you can know for certain that what your heart longs for is waiting for you in eternity. Try out Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.